I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwein, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwein, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, this is Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. And this is JJ Crable, the resident skeptic here. So uh, we've had a few really great episodes of some of our uh, friends telling us about some supernatural encounters that they've had. And today we've got two guests on. One is a repeat guest, Catherine from episode two. Hey. <laughs> and Kat, in the, your previous episode, you told us a little bit about um, your experience when you were living in Oregon and working with someone who, aside from the day job that you and she both worked at, uh, was also a medium. And so do you want to introduce our next guest? Of course I do. I had a wonderful experience living in Oregon. I traveled for work and one of the most welcoming co-workers I could have possibly had that took me under her wing is Miss Teresa, who is here with us on the phone. You want to say hello? Hi. Hello to everybody over there. <laughs> uh, you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Teresa. I live in Oregon, as Kat said. I've been here for 14 years, originally from San Diego. Um, two older daughters, all grown. Uh, I do occupational therapy work for a full-time job. Um, started doing mediumship work about five years ago, more seriously, but started having experiences as a child, seeing spirits and hearing things and seeing things that weren't there. And everybody else was like, oh, you're just a freak. <laughs> so I embraced it and decided, you know, this is just who I am. And I've got too many validations to understand that it's not just coincidence, it's real. And I love to convince people. So, Teresa, I think, you know, mediums are 
depicted in a variety of ways in pop culture and movies and television shows. What would you say that they get right and they get wrong when depicting a medium? I would say when they do the Hollywood version of it, you know, crystal balls and all that kind of stuff and that we just sit around all day talking to dead people. It's not the way it is. Um, (laughs) At least not for me. I have to be now very specific of wanting to communicate. Uh, They leave me alone for the most part. Every now and then I'll see a little something and I was just like, no, thank you. I'm not in the mood. Walk away, go away. Um, Other than that, I literally live a completely normal life. It's just when I want to, I channel the dead. So you mentioned you started having experiences when you were a child. What's the uh, first experience you remember? The earliest I remember the most specifically was finally got my own room there was four kids so we didn't really have our own room but my sister was the oldest one and she didn't want the little half room that was off the side of the you know towards the end of the house off to the side a little bit and then i said i want it i want it yeah i can see why she didn't want it <laughs> the first night i got comfortable I was going to sleep um, turned off the light and mind you i love being alone i sleep alone all the time in the dark it doesn't bother me i turned it off and very clearly looked over and there's a large man standing in my doorway. Our father didn't live with us at the time, so I screamed bloody murder and my mom came running through the doorway and ran right through him. Oh my gosh. That's when I realized other people didn't see what I saw. And how did your mother react uh, when that took place? She just turned on the light and said, you're having a dream and go back to sleep. You want to sleep with me? And and, uh, yeah, I didn't sleep by myself for a very long time after that. But I knew it was real because I would periodically still see them, and it wasn't, you know, during the night. It wasn't during my getting ready for bed. It was someone just standing in a corner, and it's like, what are they doing there? It's just always questioning it. But as a kid, you want to fit in, so you just pretend that you see what everyone else sees. Yeah. Was it the, the same person that you saw um, each time? No. Or? Never seen. I've never seen the same spirit twice. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Always been very random. Are they always kind of shadowy or, or what? How are they depicted? Mine, mine come as full apparitions. I see full apparitions. I even see uh, pairs of glasses if they wore glasses. The, the last one I saw, there was a man standing in my doorway in my bedroom where I live now. Got the dog settled in. I hadn't quite got ready for bed yet. I would put my phone over to get charged and I look over to the hallway and there's this old man standing in my doorway. (laughs) So I did what any other single woman would do. I pulled my gun. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he he disappeared right in front of me and I realized, oh, one's not through. Okay. And uh, come to find out my neighbor had died and I didn't know him. I had met him. I had just moved in and he had died in a nursing home. Um, up the street and he was just probably hanging around question was that him <laughs> as far as i know it was him from what the description told uh of the neighbors you know the, the family they they said that that's what he looked like wow. so i was like okay down to the glasses so, so I was like, okay. something i really remember you telling me about is smelling like people's scents that that were close to you like your yes. father and that kind of thing yeah um my father always leaves the smell of cigarettes I don't know why. I guess that he was just known for it and we all hated it. <laughs> it just bugs me that it's in spirit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, a lot of people are associated with the smell. Like grandma could be, you know, a smell of gardenia flowers that you remember out in her garden. They could be the smell of the kitchen, um, vanilla cookie, you know, cookies like the smell of vanilla. Um, I'll just get a whiff of certain things during a reading and 
uh, it's like, oh my gosh, that that was my mother's perfume. That was my mom's favorite flower. And it's so random. I don't get it very often, but I do get a smell occasionally. That's so interesting because I've, I've heard for a long time that the sense of smell is like one of the most powerful senses for triggering memories. Yes, um, and so it's it's interesting to think about that also carrying through in like another realm or in the afterlife right. that like you can still receive those those smells from people who've passed and it's very endearing it's uh, beautiful when when you see somebody that you know i'm giving a reading to and you mention you know gardenias which is so odd you know it's just like oh i smell gardenias and it's very strong it's a very strong flower to me and i'm actually allergic to them <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so i'll start smelling that and i'll be like oh who loved the gardenias and tell them to go away <laughs> <laughs> uh, does anyone else in your family uh kind of have this gift i believe both of my grandmothers had it on both sides um i was never able to confirm it because they died before i really could um grasped it myself but from some of the stories I've heard from both my mom and my dad um, they were both um, challenged by this gift but you got to think of the, the era that they were in they were raising kids in the 40s and 50s there was no support they were both alcoholics and uh, they were both overwhelmed with anxiety and um, one of them was actually put in an institution for a while Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's very common. And if you don't have the support, you don't know the, have the knowledge of what's going on, I could see why um, something like that could happen. My daughter also has it, one of my daughters. Wow. Oh, wow. So, Teresa, what is a normal reading? What Can you take us through that process and how that works? Sure. I, uh, I'll contact them. They'll contact me, you know, through uh, – I have a Facebook account, and, and I have mostly just – friends uh, referrals and stuff of what how I do my readings and um, I'll just set up a time I only know their first name and their phone number we contact through text um, give them my address uh, or I go to their house whatever the case may be Um, they sit down along the way I ask them to focus on their family members or friends that they want to come through and if they have a specific object or something they want to talk about that kind of helps me zone in a little bit and I usually meditate before they come for about 15 minutes just quiet my mind I quiet my thoughts I ask I ask my spirit guides to you know help bring in whoever they're hoping to hear from and so by the time they sit down we get started um, I write as I do my readings I write in a, in a little log and I start writing ideas of I get like a movie screen running across my mind and I see letters numbers pictures memories and I have to kind of decipher that really quick because it's very fast and I put it down on paper and I just start talking about it are your like eyes open while you're seeing this yep. movie oh yeah I'm, and- I'm, I am yeah it's like my third eye it's kind of like through my inside my mind and I'll hear things but I'll hear things inside I don't it's not I don't like the audible. I don't like them saying my name out loud or anything like that. It freaks me out. Mm-hmm. So they kind of say it to me in a way that I can understand it. I do best with pictures, and I think they know it, and that's how the way they communicate with me the most. And while you're seeing these pictures, are you, like, fully immersed in that picture? Or are you still seeing, like, the, you know, the physical world or your physical surroundings? Yeah. I'm still very much in touch with what's going on in the room, communicating with the sitter, as I call them, um, able to just decipher it. I write it down. Once I write something down, for example, I'll write down the word guilt. I'm like, 
there's guilt associated with somebody on the other side. You um, that they're talking about your guilt, blah blah blah, and that is something huge generally to them. To me, it doesn't mean anything. To them, it's like their eyes get open wide and they're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my gosh. Or I'll mention the ring, and it'll be the thing that they thought about on the way over. Mm-hmm. So it's very. I like very specific validating messages. Otherwise, I don't want to give them. If I don't feel like I have anything, I really don't want to sit with that sitter because I'm not doing them much of a of a favor, you know. Mm-hmm. I have about ninety percent accuracy, and that's about really a, a, as much as anybody really can have because the spirit world works so much different than us. That we're not. I'm not communicating them with like a cell phone. <laughs> right. I have to have that frame of reference for what they're showing me. If I don't have it, I can't say it. So, Teresa, growing up with this gift. Um, how long did it take for you to be able to describe this in a way that people were able to interpret and, you know, give some belief to what you had going on? I imagine that had to be really difficult growing up with this. Very. I put it off in my teenage years. I wouldn't accept it, just like my daughter has done. She's 21. She will not accept that she has it. She knows she does, but she doesn't talk about it. She doesn't want to think about it. It causes her extreme anxiety. And so... I put it off in my teenage years, dealt with it a little bit in my 20s, put it back off again. And by the time my 40s hit, I knew I, I, I couldn't write, hide from it anymore. It was it was becoming too much of my life. And the more you put it off, the bigger it gets. In my, for, for my opinion, anyway, for what was happening in my life. The more emotionally connected I got to people and circumstances, the better it got as well. The, the messages become more clear. Now, do you remember the instance that you had with Kat that she described on the other podcast, you connecting her with someone? I remember a little bit. I remember taking a hike with her and saying her grandmother's name, and it was on the bench or something. I, oh, yeah. Is that right? Is that right, Kat? Yeah, I, I forgot. I yeah, we were sitting on the bench. Because forever you were just saying the letter of the name, and then we sat on that bench, and you were like, ah, this is the name. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> And it was just this random bench. I've never even been up to the top of that hike before. It was just, um, what was it, Pisgah? At the mount, top of Mount Pisgah? That was like the first time I'd been up there. Yes. And there was this bench. There it was. And it was just like this strong feeling. I don't remember much else than that. I've done like hundreds of readings since then. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> is that pretty normal uh, to kind of yes. do a reading yes. and just it all and I, brain? I, I do. I explain it to people. It's not my thoughts. So it's not a memory of mine. I was just recalling a memory for somebody else and putting it on paper and saying it. So it didn't really stay in me. It didn't stay in my mind. And if I, if it does, it's, it's too overwhelming. It's too much information for me to manage. How often does so, it happen where you're with someone who isn't necessarily asking for this information, but you feel compelled to give it to them? Very rarely. I actually control that. There'll be there'll be a rare instance where I'm just like, oh, gosh. And I have to feel comfortable. I have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that person is comfortable and that my intuition kicks in on that. Um, I haven't been wrong yet of giving somebody a message. They were 100% like, oh, my God, yes, I need to hear that. I've never given a message to somebody when, oh, my God, you're a freak. Run away from me now. Um, (laughs) I haven't had that, that happen because I'm very aware of their their connection to spirit if they have this fear i feel it immediately and i shut down and i will not give them a message no matter how compelled i feel right Mm -hmm. do you have any like specific stories that you can remember or feel like sharing with us 
I actually have one uh, with what we were just talking about, a feeling compelled to give a message. Um, I was at work and uh, I was with a patient and older woman and she, I, I do the same uh, work that Kat does. So I work in a, uh, a skilled nursing facility. So most of our patients are around, you know, 80. That's <laughs> a very common age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was wanting to give this woman what we call a cognitive assessment to test her ability to function at home properly, what her brain is doing. And her daughter was present. She goes, why are you giving that assessment? And I said, well, your mom's going home and the more help that she can get if she's in need, the better for for her and for you guys to know that her, you know, if she's able to take care of herself. So she let me do the, you know, she was, she was going to let me do the assessment. And, um, and I said, I sure wouldn't want her to go into the world and do something. And I had a picture of what happened in, uh, our town. Some children were hit by a car, three children, three children died getting hit by a truck their mom got hit as well and uh, the mom lived but the three kids all passed and I had this vision and I said I don't know why but I need to like I had to say that during this this talking with the and I said like the man who made the decision to drive that day and hit those three kids over in Springfield and her eyes just got really big the woman's eyes that I was talking to and I didn't understand what it was regarding you know she was I'm like what did I say and she said that was my daughter that got hit wow oh my god those, wow. those, those, those were my grandchildren that got killed what so to me I was still understanding this gift so I know now from being you know a, a lot more experienced I know now those children were in the room they wanted me to talk about it they were the ones showing me the messages the, the children getting hit by the by the truck they wanted to talk I had to stop right there and I couldn't move forward in that message for her because I knew she didn't want it I, I did not feel comfortable my intuition said stop now and um, I finished the assessment. I walked out of the room and I had to excuse myself and go home. And I cried all the way home. Oh, oh wow. I mm. couldn't give a message to somebody who so desperately wanted me to give to them. Those children wanted to have a voice and I couldn't do it. It was it was awful. So, Teresa, as a medium, I imagine when you first started like recognizing your your gift for what it is, that you probably weren't able to interpret everything as vividly as you can now that you're like more experienced in it. So, I, I mean, is there a place where mediums go to get trained or is there like a manual or is it all just kind of intuitive? Definitely a lot of books and a lot of instructions and you can do a lot of workshops with other mediums. Um, I did seek out about four years ago, three and a half years ago, something like that, um, a group in town because I felt like I just was overwhelmed by all this stuff that was going on and I didn't have a place to hone in and, and I'm like, okay. So I just started looking it up and I found this great gal here in town who had a mediumship development group. Mm. She was a medium herself. She had a lot more experience and there was other people just like me to where I felt normal for the first time in so long. And all these people had the same gift, but we just were at different levels and we would just do practices on each other and hone our gifts in and it really was my foundation because I didn't have any other foundation to go off of no no one's ever helped me with this nobody understood it I just didn't have anybody to talk to and it was very overwhelming is there anything that has ever happened that has really terrified you um 
yes, I've seen a couple kind of scary looking things, but immediately they went away. But my daughter has experienced some horrifying stuff. That's why she's very full of anxiety about it and doesn't want the gift because she can't control it. I, I have like a active bubble, ice, so to speak, around me, and I just, I don't let anything in unless I want it in. Can you describe that bubble? <sighs> Safe. Peace. A place of quietness is kind of like imagining yourself laying in bed at night and you're just completely like, ah, and safe in your, in your blankets. That's how I feel. And I've been able to do that now for quite a few years. So I haven't had any negative experiences. Anytime I go into a grocery store or mall bathroom, I always think of you. You once told me like, whenever you feel a negative presence, it's usually in some like crazy public bathroom. It is. I've had some awful nightmares about public bathrooms i've seen a oh, i walked into a public bathroom in my dream one time and there was a woman hanging there with her feet cut off oh, yeah, <laughs> like, that was it. weird stuff like that yeah those kind of weird things and um i've been in many older homes in bathrooms and immediately like feel horrible energy like get out i did have an experience in an old hotel pretty pretty terrifying one um the Columbia Gorge Hotel up on the 84 over in um, east of Portland. Mm-hmm. I stayed there for two nights uh, when I was married still. And uh, we got ready to go down to dinner and we had to take the old elevator and everything. And I was fine. The room was fine. The elevator was fine. But I, I said, oh, I didn't go to the bathroom and we we're going to go have like an eight course meal. <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom. I got I to gotta use the bathroom. And so he goes, well, go, go in here. Don't go back up to the room. And I said, okay. So I went in the lobby bathroom and I walked in. I could hear somebody was in the next stall. She was finishing her business. I finished mine. She left after washing her hands and I came out and I was washing my hands and felt this horrible feeling of somebody right at my face, like an inch away, screaming at me to get the hell out of my bathroom. I didn't hear it with my ears, but I felt it in my soul. And I still had wet, soapy hands. And I said, okay. And I walked right out. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And I walked out into the lobby. And my ex-husband was sitting there looking at me. He goes, what is wrong? You're like, why does it ghost? And I said, I was just sharing a bathroom with one. And she didn't want me in there. And now I have wet, soapy hands. (laughs) And so he had to give me his bandana to dry my hands and get the soap off. Because I wasn't going back in that bathroom. Right. Man, well, I have been in some pretty awful bathrooms, but not to that extent. <laughs> yeah, I think men's public bathrooms are just kind of awful. They're pretty bad <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah, just awful in another way. We don't really need ghosts. It's- <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned you have dogs, and I've I've heard some people uh, posit that uh, they think cats are more in tune to, to ghosts or spirits. Do you notice anything like that with your pets? <laughs> oh yes, my older dog's fifteen. She's been she's been so used to it that she doesn't respond to it anymore. But she was younger. She was staring at walls. She was looking at the ceiling and following something, but we just didn't know, you know. And I didn't know much about it back then. She was younger. But I have a, a puppy who's not two yet. I got him a year and a half ago, and uh, yeah, I was preparing for a show I was going to do a pretty good sized group event with a couple of my medium friends mm-hmm. and I think we had 45 people that were going to show up 
that we heard of last, you know, that there was tickets sold. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I kind of get that, you know, stage fright thing a little bit, you know, especially that many people. I don't one-on-one at all. I never get nervous. I'm fine. But you put 45 people on you staring at you and that's a little unnerving. So um, I was doing a meditation on the living room. I uh, turned off my meditation music and I had told the spirits that were going to come the next evening for the for the evening with spirit that they need to, you know, that that it was fine that they were there to be able to give me messages prior. So I didn't close that off when I had given that message like, OK, mm-hmm. I need to go to sleep now. So I walked to my room, sat on my bed. The puppy stopped dead in his tracks mm-hmm. at the bedroom the bedroom door and looked right above me where I was sitting and started barking like there's no tomorrow. And he would follow me everywhere. He's always at my feet. He doesn't get, I've never, never saw him act like that before. And I just very calmly realized what was going on. And I said, Oh, sorry, Logan, let me tell them to go. Bye-bye. And I said, I'm sorry. I'm going to bed now. Uh, I will see all y'all tomorrow (laughs) at seven o'clock. Uh, if I don't get some sleep tonight, I won't be there. And boom, the dog jumped up in the bed and went to sleep. So what percentage would you say is you seeing a visual spirit? And what percentage would be like more internal messages that you get? Oh, 99.9 internal. It's very, very rare that I see a spirit. And it's only because I've asked them not to show themselves. It's a, it, it makes me fearful. I don't want to be brushing my teeth and having Uncle Joe brushing his teeth with me in the mirror. Yeah, or <laughs> see an old man standing in your doorway. an old man yeah. in my doorway and pull the gun on him. Yeah, it happens too fast and they don't give you any warning. I want to know like your opinion on, you know, do you think there are people who claim to be mediums or psychics who are taking advantage of people? Yeah, I think there's absolutely people that do that. And it's really sad because the ones that are legitimate get the bad rap for it, just Mm -hmm. like any business or anything that you do. Um, You have to listen to the way that they're speaking. Are they asking questions or are they telling you? Um, I tell people, hey, I have a man over here on the side. Uh, He's saying he's 27 years old and I see a needle in his arm and that means uh, an overdose of heroin that I'm telling that person that I'm not getting information yeah and so that's the difference if you are going to a true medium they're giving you the information they're not asking you questions mm. if that's something that you could be really watchful for because we're seeing it we should be telling them not asking them about anything you can have them confirm saying yeah that's my brother he died of a heroin overdose that was validating. They needed the brother needed to come by to say that. So those things are validating to me. So it, that's a difference, um, and that's what you have to be careful of. Someone's always out to make a, bu- a buck, you know. Yeah. And so with this gift, I haven't even gone to the point where I fully charge yet. <laughs> I do mostly um, readings uh, pay from the heart, or I just give freebies. I just did two readings this past week, and I never charged a dime. I do it for experience. I do it to help people, um, friends, uh, coworkers, people that just need it. Um, I'll get a random message on my Facebook saying, my friend died, you know, over the weekend in a car accident. Can you please, please, please connect me? And I hear that in their voice. And I'm like, absolutely. Let's set something up. I wouldn't dare take a dime from somebody who's in that much pain and that needs it right then and there. Yeah. And there, there might be a point where I work full time in this business, and I do, and but that's bec- that's only because they're going to know that that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Right. But right, yeah. But right now, to me, it just feels 
right to to be there for people and to gain a little bit more knowledge about this gift for myself. Mm-hmm. And Teresa, just to clarify, you don't tell the future. Everything you get is visions of the past. Is that correct? Correct. But I do absolutely do some psychic readings. Um, that just comes out naturally. Man, I have no control of that. I'll, I'll see something. I was giving a gal that I um, just kind of barely knew from somebody else. And we were all having a bunko uh, game at her, her place up in the mountains. She let us all stay there last year for uh, Cinco de Mayo. And I'm sitting there giving her a reading and everybody, everybody for her husband came through, but nobody for her because she really didn't have any dead people on the other side. Mm. (laughs) And so um, I kept on seeing a barn. Um, I said, gosh, this is driving me crazy, but I keep on seeing this big barn. And I feel like it's there on the property, like in the woods, kind of deeper in, but I I don't know. And she cracked up and she says, I have been telling my husband we need to put a barn there to do weddings for a couple of years now. So it was like a psychic connection confirming that that was in her heart and that was something that valid that she wanted and it wasn't going to go away. And I just validated it. It was just a psychic reading that was going on in her current life. It had nothing to do with dead people. It had nothing to do with anything. I have kind of a selfish question. So I am, I'm really afraid of death. What, what can you tell me in your experience that may or may not give me comfort about that? Well, I had a beautiful experience with a friend's uh, grandmother. She happened to be at hospice care where I worked at the time. And it was where I met Kat, actually. And she called me on a Friday night. I was leaving work and she says, hey, can you come over to room 107? And I said, absolutely. What's going on? And she goes, my grandma's here. And I said, oh, I didn't know that. She says, yeah, she's she's passing. I'd just love for you to meet her um, before she passes because I had done a reading for her before and the grandmother's name came through, although she was still living. So it was just odd. And um, and so I said, absolutely. So I wanted to go meet this lady, you know, and so I walked into the room and uh, it's just her dad and her and the grandma, you know, in very deep, um, very end of life stage, um, heavy breathing and that kind of stuff. I don't know if you've ever seen a dying body, but it's not very pretty. Um, and so oh, the energy in that room was so intense and so beautiful. And I walked in and I was also overwhelmed with it because there was just so much love. It was just so much love, but it wasn't just from them two. It was from hundreds of people on the other side and they were all just surrounding her mm-hmm. and they all wanted her to come to the other side, but she was holding on to the people here. And so I asked them if they had said goodbye uh, properly. And um, they said, well, we kind of have, you know, told her it's okay to go. And I said, why don't you give her a kiss goodbye and let her, let her know you'll be okay. And that the other side is safe and they're all waiting for her. And so they did exactly that. And they walked over to me and she died within 30 seconds. So I saw her, I looked over and I saw her take her last breath. Mm -hmm. And it was just this very peaceful last breath. And the second she did, I've got this vision of what she was seeing. And so I was so overwhelmed with that vision that it only happened for a millisecond, but I was so overwhelmed because for one thing, the colors, the, the feeling, I, I couldn't, I couldn't take it in as a human. It was too much for me. And I was overwhelmed. I was just like bawling. I had to leave the room, had to get some air. And, um, but she showed me a quick glimpse of what she was experiencing. And it was the most beautiful, thoroughly enjoyable feeling I could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. So the other side is perfect. 
Mm. There's no reason to have fear. The second our body is gone, our souls are at peace on the other side. They don't know anything else that happened here. They don't think about it. They know that they left their loved ones, but that's not what they're focused on anymore. The focus is the peace on the other side. Mm. And so I just don't think death should be something that we fear. It's something that we all have to deal with. Yeah. None of us get out of this alive. (laughs) yet not and i have one more question so a lot of people that have done psychedelics uh, mushrooms um, things like that believe that they're actually can see another world be taken to another place have these out-of-body experiences what are your thoughts on that and kind of the spirit world do you think there's any connection there I actually do. There's just an article out. Uh, somebody was uh, telling me about the other day about how um, that that is a connection. And I think it's because you get yourself in such a relaxed state like I do with meditation. Mm-hmm. I think you open yourself up to anything and you're going to feel it and see it. But I don't think it's safe because when I do a meditation, I'm in a safe place. So taking the drugs and doing that kind of stuff and, and kind of forcing the the situation and being in a situation that could be harmful is not not something I would I would ever do. Yeah, I I'm not in, I'm not interested in it whatsoever. Yeah, because we always hear about like really good trips or really bad trips, that kind of thing. Correct. You're Correct. Really vulnerable in that space. Yes, we just I just I just found out about a couple up the street in December that went on a really intense trip with mushrooms and somebody knew what was going on and they came and just mutilated those people for whatever was going on else there was drugs or something but they didn't die but they were mutilated whoa, with oh knives it was, it was awful when we found out what happened it was, was like whoa and they were so <laughs> tripped out on mushrooms that they don't remember any of it wow Jesus. which is good because it was pretty bad I guess it was one of the bloodiest scenes <sighs> that Eugene has ever seen wow Thanks. Well, yeah I don't recommend it at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have uh, one one final question from my sure. end. Cause, so as our listeners know, I'm a little skeptical. Um, and I we were talking a little bit uh, before we started recording. And you mentioned how you love um, convincing skeptics. So I just I wanted <laughs> to know, like, you know, if you uh, come across someone who's very, you know, turned off by that kind of paranormal uh, or spiritual side of things. I, I have. Yeah. How do you, how do you uh, bring someone around? By giving them a message. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the most awesome experience when they get to actually get a message from the other side. And it's so right on that they can't deny it. I have no information about this person ahead of time. Didn't you know they were going to be there? And to give them a message that was so like perfect on, you know, it's like, oof, you know, yeah, I have one in mind if you want to share it. Sure, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> uh, did a, la- a reading for a lady and her husband happened to be there. Um, I didn't physically know. Physically or spiritually? He, physically, yeah. Physically, okay. he wanted to, he wanted to stick around because he was a skeptic and he wanted to see mm. what was, what was the deal. I'd already given her maybe two readings at, um, I think one privately and one at a show. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I've never had anything come through for her husband before. Wouldn't have even known that she was married. I didn't know anything about her. And so, uh, <laughs> I show up and sure enough, all the messages for the husband. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, 
oh, so you have a grandmother, a mother, uh, a father, and a grandfather on the other side want to come through, and they're talking about an incident you had on a motorcycle, and his eyes got really big. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, I can feel you on the motorcycle, and they're showing me conforming and configuring your body like the matrix while you're on the motorcycle. I don't know why I'm seeing this, and it doesn't make any sense to me, but does that make sense to you? And he goes, um... Yeah. <laughs> the wife's looking at him and he's looking at the wife and goes, did you tell her? And he goes, she goes, I don't even know what the hell she's talking about. <laughs> wow. And uh, so he said he's, he was a police officer and he was chasing some guys that just robbed a bank. And there was a cop car next to him and he was the motorcycle cop next to the cop car. And the bullets were flying at both. Oh but goodness. he didn't see the bullets. He thought the bullets were being only aimed at the car because whatever spirit was doing, it moved his body away from getting shot. And the cops next to him in the cop car kept on staring at him like, what the hell? But he didn't get it. He didn't get the until afterwards. They said, how the hell were you not hit? And he goes, what? They were, they were just shooting at you guys. He said, no, no, they weren't. Most of the bullets came at you. And what the hell was up with your body? How did you do that? (laughs) And he had no idea he was being moved and manipulated in any way. And they described him as moving like the Matrix guy. And he had no idea that not one bullet hit him. And the grandfather and the father and the grandmother took responsibility for, for that that day. They said, it wasn't your time. We protected you. Wow. Wow. That's, so, I he, he, so needless, needless <laughs> to say, he's, uh, he's now a believer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always hear about stories like, you know, a family was in a car crash and the little boy is is not like everyone got knocked unconscious except the little boy who like can see his grandma who has passed away, like, Correct. you know, pushing the car away from the tree or in between that or something like that. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So cool. my, my, my niece and nephew on the other side, they were both babies when they died. Um, they have they came through in a reading for my sister from another medium and said that they they are responsible for saving her 15 year old in a car accident with a drunk driver they they took they said we saved her she was on monica the medium monica gave her the reading oh yeah huh mm-hmm. yep and my sister says i knew it i knew it i knew somebody protected her that day and even my niece said i couldn't have lived if something would have protected me that day all five kids in that car should have been dead they hit another car, the first car at 120 miles an hour that was parked. They flipped it and they flipped another one and another one. And then they stopped in the street. Wow. Unreal. Before uh, we wrap up, do you have uh, like contact information or an email you want to put out there? So listeners could contact you if that's something you want. Healing hearts medium at yahoo.com. Great. And that's just spelled how it sounds. Yep. Healing hearts medium at yahoo.com great awesome yeah so our listeners who um are interested in this and want to give a medium reading a a try definitely send Teresa an email i know even though i'm you know skeptical this is definitely uh making me think a lot more about like just something i want to learn more about sounds really awesome awesome maybe i'll be giving you a reading next yeah yeah well, Teresa, thank you so much for coming on. It's uh, I think it was a real yeah. pleasure for us to be able to talk to you and, and share this experience. 
Oh, it was mine as well. Thank you, guys. And thanks, Kat. I know. I'll be talking to y'all soon. Yes, definitely. All right. Bye. 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 All right, guys. Well, that's it. You heard from Teresa, the medium. Uh, so nice of her to come on and share her experiences and for Kat to bring her on and even get to talk about the experience that they had together. So, JJ. Yeah, definitely something I want to learn more about, um, you know, and I'm, I'm glad we talked about how some mediums out there might be fraudulent. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I think a lot, there's a lot of scammers in like every industry. Um, and I think especially with social media, we put so much out on social media and like, mm -hmm. especially when a loved one passes, it, it's really cathartic to get, um, you know, kind messages on social media. But I feel like, you know, if you're someone posing as a medium, it, it would be so easy to, to look someone up. So I, I, I liked how Teresa said, you know, she only knows people's first names and their phone numbers. I think that kind of adds some more credibility to what she's doing. Yeah, I would say whether or not it is real or not, I genuinely believe that she believes that the experiences that she's having are real. Oh, for sure. I don't yeah. think that um, there's a malicious uh, intent on her part to give anybody fake information and or anything. Anytime no. I was working with her or at her house, she was just the most welcoming, wholesome woman. I felt so comfortable there. Anytime we had a conversation, I always, you know, I just had so much trust in her. So, yeah, I've always been afraid to go to a medium or even get like card readings just because I'm like, do I want to know the information right. they have? Mm -hmm. But the way she describes it sounds a lot more palatable than kind of the image I had pictured in my head of what mm -hmm. that experience would be like. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And we want to give a special thanks to Teresa for calling in and telling us about her life as a medium. <laughs> I'm Noah Daniels. And I'm JJ Crable. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.